Welcome, Bills Mafia, to Bills or Bust, the podcast dedicated to all things Buffalo Bills. I'm Tom Murphy. Join in as we talk about the Buffalo Bills, of course, and also the other 31 teams in the league that will watch us win the Super Bowl or bust. Welcome, Bills Mafia, to another edition of Bills or Bust podcast. I'm Tom Murphy. And joining us today is absolutely no stranger to the show. It is my good buddy from CBS Sports, Mark Ferraro. Mark, how are you doing, my man? Doing well, Tom. As always, thanks for having me on the program. It seems like the theme so far is you always have me on the program following a Bills loss and a Jets win. I know, yeah. It seems like I want to have you on when you're in the best of moods. Even though you are, you are pleasant no matter what. But uh, yeah, I am noticing. I am noticing a trend here. You know, I do want to have you on the show again. But you know, if this, like, if this little, uh, you know, uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? If this coincidence keeps happening. I I don't know. It just uh, we might just have to have our conversations uh, off the show. And that's not even to mention our fantasy results in baseball, and then this past week with football. Oh yes, I uh, I was going to mention you. Mark has beaten me probably nine times uh, in the baseball championship. I always, despite myself not knowing so much about baseball, I tend to be rather good in fantasy baseball. I, I can't explain it. I think I'm just good at f- fixing a lineup, and I'll, I was like. 100% the most dominant team in the league this year. And then when I got to the finals against Mark, I was like, there's no way I'm winning. He always just takes care of it. And it was like, you just blew me out all week, man. And congratulations once again. Oh, thank you, man. I do appreciate that. But you know what? I actually did check the results from previously uh, years. And in 2017, you actually did beat me in the championship. That is right. I knew I did have one win in there somewhere, but it's just over. It's just so like overlapped by you just beating me so much. And I have a feeling, was it once in basketball, which I am even more clueless in? Did I get to the finals and you beat me? Is that does that sound I, familiar? I, I I believe that is accurate. And actually, our basketball draft is coming up this Saturday because the season is starting so soon. I know. I'm seeing all of this like basketball and hockey stuff. And I'm like, this can't, like, it can't be happening so soon. But we're already in mid-October. It's just, uh, time is just a vacuum. I just can't explain it. But, uh, yes, I will do my best to have the best uh, basketball lineup possible so I can make a run for the championship, only to get slaughtered by you. Oh, no. (laughs) But, hey, our football matchup was close, though. I only won by four, and I was very nervous last night going into the game because of Josh Jacobs, who had a nice performance, but did not get over 20 points, which you needed to in order to defeat me. Oh, yeah. That's funny. I barely even checked my fantasy this week. The, uh, the results of the Bills game, that tends, to, that tends to cloud how I look at fantasy. Like Sometimes I'm like, I don't even want to look at it. If I'm winning, I'm like, all right, let me check in on my fantasy teams. But, uh, yeah, I think I, I was just thinking um, – like of who I have on the team, Kelsey. Kelsey's been one of the most uh, mid tight ends so far in fantasy this year, just compared to last seasons. And uh, I think 
want to say Herbert had a big game or no, no, he didn't. He only had seven points for me. And, uh, but yeah, no, I definitely have some work to do in, uh, you know, in the keeper in the pros versus Joe's league. So yeah, I gotta, the thing is this year more than others in fantasy, there's very little on the waiver wire. It seems you go onto the waiver wire and it's just, uh, you know, it's like the movie major league. Who are these guys? It is every week. It's always tough to find those guys. You know, I was fortunate because I had the 10th pick in our 12 team league a few weeks ago that, I eventually got the number one waiver claim, so I was able to secure Jerome Ford, who I actually traded a few days ago to acquire Joe Mixon in a little big trade that happened in our league. But it was a, t- a tough uh, matchup, always competitive with you, my man. But with that Bills game, the main thing was you had to get up early for that one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I had to wake up even earlier because we had painters coming to the house. So it was like 8, uh, 8 a.m., and then I'm pre-gaming for an hour. And uh, it is so funny. Once the, you know, when you play uh, when you play overseas and you have that early game, when the next set of games comes on, you almost feel like it's 6 p.m. And you think it's like the later games. And then it's like, nope, this is actually normal game watching time. Yep, and I dealt with it a couple of years ago when the Jets faced the Falcons uh, in London as well. But I texted you. I knew you were going to be up. Of course, Tom being Bill's Mafia himself. I was like, let me just text Tom. Let me just make sure he set his alarm and he's ready to go for that game. I know, and I was so nervous I couldn't even eat. And I had reason to be nervous. We did not look so uh, We did not look so hot, especially, especially early. But, uh, yeah, no, speaking of the Jaguars, uh we had trivia from last week. This might be a hard one for you since you would have been so young, but maybe your uh, your history knowledge is pretty good, so you might be able to make a pretty educated guess on this. So, uh, as we all know, the Jacksonville Jaguars have been in the league for less than 30 years. I think they're on their 28th season. Who is the first Bills quarterback to defeat the Jaguars? Ooh, okay, I like these. I like this question. You always come up with so many good questions, Tom. First, Bills quarterback should beat the Jaguars. I'm gonna say uh, who I can't think of his first name, but Johnson. Oh, you're in the right era, man. You're thinking of Rob Johnson. Yes, that's right. Not, but yes, very good. It was. Uh, it was actually the guy who came in to uh, replace Rob Johnson, who you are probably much more familiar with and know his first name, Mr. Doug Flutie. Oh, it was Flutie. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. It was in the 1998 season. It was the third. Here's the crazy thing. It was the third time we played Jacksonville. First two times we ever played Jacksonville in their existence, we lost to them, including the last playoff game that I was at. Uh Jaguars made the playoffs in their second year and they came to Rich Stadium, as it was still called at the time. And my father and I went, it was December 30th, 1996. And, you know, I just thought the Bills were just going to murder this team, like some expansion team that had the audacity to make the playoffs in their second year. I'm like, oh, yeah. And the Bills at the time had never lost a home playoff game in Rich Stadium. And Bills went up to a 14-0 lead. Just absolutely looked like it was going to be just an ugly game. And then uh, 
Jacksonville just hung tough, especially with the running back. Uh, rather, rather big name at the time, but it's definitely fallen off the NFL history radar. Natron Means. I don't know if that name, uh, quote unquote, means anything to you, but uh, he just had a monster game and just, uh, yeah, Bills ended up losing 30 to 27. I remember leaving that game as a 17 year old, like, how did that happen? I just I, I couldn't comprehend that the Bills lost to a pretty much expansion team in a home playoff game. It was just too much for me to handle. Nope, that was the first time I heard that gentleman's name, Tom. Yeah, he was drafted by the Chargers in the mid nineties. I think he was out of North Carolina running back. He's kind of like a he's kind of like the poor man's Jerome Bettis. He's really big, really big running back. And uh on one specific play, some of the old time fans will remember, uh, they had it at Jaguars had it at the thirty, and Bruce Smith, who was still playing at the time, just crushed through the line and got like right up to him. And you think it's going to be a five yard loss, and uh, means just slams on the brakes and just pulls a total one eighty to the other side of the field, just sweeps it and runs it thirty yards for the touchdown. It's just a. Uh, you know, just a complete wave of emotions. You think like, oh yeah, it's done. And then it's like, oh, oh, oh. It's just, you you definitely know those plays. Yes, and then a few years later, the Chargers faced the Jets in the AFC Divisional Round in 98, and the Jets actually won that game at Giants Stadium. But then the week after that, we won't get into it. They lost in the AFC Championship game to the Broncos. Ah, uh, yes. That was, uh, oh yeah. That was, uh, oh, wow, that was exactly that same year. I totally forgot. The, um, or wait, no, no, that was two years after, that was two years after. Uh, right, yep. Two years after, yes. But yeah, no, you, uh, yeah, they're very much in the same uh, era. That's right. I remember that uh, Broncos-Jets AFC Championship game. Uh, Testa Verde, the Jets were so good that year. But no, like, absolutely that year, no one was beating the Broncos. I didn't really... Wasn't wasn't anything personal. I just didn't think any team had a chance. I was living out in Colorado, and that team was just bawling over everyone. Yep, and obviously in that game they were up ten nothing, and then the second half occurred, and the rest is history. Oh, I know. You could have seen your Jets in a Super Bowl, but soon enough, my friend. A couple of times, very close, very close, but haven't gotten there yet. But I know one day it's going to happen. It will happen. Oh yes. I definitely know what it's like to see my team in the Super Bowl. It has been 30 years. It's been quite a long time, but I still do remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, so, yeah, just for a little quick recap of the Bills game. In week five, Bills traveled to London's Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. The cost of the trip was more than the 25-20 loss as injuries continue to pile up on defense which will undoubtedly test the limits of the Bills' uncanny depth. But, uh, yes, Mark, as you know, the uh, and here's an, here's an interesting fact. Uh, last week, when I mentioned the stadium the Bills were playing in, I got a lot of grief from my producer, Court, for mispronouncing it. I think I was uh, very unfamiliar. I kept called over-pronouncing Tottenham, uh, and saying Tottenham Hotspur, which uh, I'm sure he's, of course, a big soccer fan, so I'm sure that was just driving him up a wall. So 
yeah, Court, who's listening right now, uh, my apologies, and I hope I, uh, I hope my pronunciation has uh, eased eased your soul a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, I just have to say, with the game, uh, it took the Bills three drives to get their first first down. Uh, yeah, the injuries absolutely the story of this game. Uh, undoubtedly, Milano, who looks like he's out for the year. They're still going to do some tests, and maybe the abs- absolute best case scenario is Milano is available for the playoff. Uh, and in addition to him, there was uh, Daquan Jones, the defensive tackle, who's quietly becoming a superstar. Uh, him and Oliver all season long have just been making a very formidable tandem. And yeah, his looks like a pectoral tear, which, same thing, they're kind of thinking. Maybe a little bit before the playoffs, if at all. And it's just, you know, combined with Tredavious White last year, I just don't know how many more injuries this Bills defense can last. They always seem to step it up, you know, the depth players. But, you know, there's only there's only so far how, how long that can go. Oh, absolutely. And I texted you on Sunday when you look at these London games. They're always fluky, so I, you can't read too much into it in terms of the loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, of course, the biggest concern is all those injuries, like you mentioned. And especially with Jones, I'm trying to figure out what the Bills are going to do moving forward. Do you think there's someone in-house that can replace him, or do they have to look outside the organization, maybe bring in Endomic Sue, who I know is still available via free agency, or uh, Linville Joseph as well? Yeah, Linville, uh, Linville Joseph is definitely a uh, definitely a nice option. Endomic and Sue... Uh, I just, I don't see him with his personality. I, he does not seem like a McDermott guy. Uh, it would be fun to have him, you know, but yeah, I just don't see him being that guy. Uh, you know, Jordan Phillips has always been a solid one. None of neither him or Tim Settle are on the level of, uh, Daquan Jones, of course. And we have, there was a, free agent signing this year that we were all very excited about and yet he has struggled to see the field and that's Puna Ford who uh you know kind of came out of nowhere to uh, be a fan favorite in Seattle but so far you know he's been a healthy scratch two games and you know sometimes it's one of those things like you just have to trust the coaches they're seeing something that makes them you know not want to put him on the field over you know over Phillips or Settle and that's the thing we talked about even before, and I mentioned it to you, how the Seattle Seahawks lost three defensive tackles this offseason, four, and the other two went to the Jets. We'll get to them later in Jefferson and Al Woods. But going back to the Bills for a second, I got to bring this up. Your thoughts on the signing of Josh Norman, who is now a Buffalo Bill? Uh, yes, that was definitely not on my radar. I was definitely thinking we'd make some surprise signings, but. Uh, he was on the Bills in 2020, and I have just absolutely not heard this guy's name uh, in absolutely forever. Um, I mean, at least three years. And then I heard my buddy was telling me in 2021, whoever he was playing for, I'm even embarrassed to say that I just he just completely fell off my radar. Uh, Josh Norman had seven forced fumbles in 2021 which is very surprising. Uh, yeah, he's definitely not a, you know, definitely not a replacement for White. But one thing with Norman, 
uh, and as we saw this last game, and this is so hard to say, it feels he would it would be impossible for him to play worse than Kyer Elam played this past game. Uh, as we all know, Kyer Elam, our first round draft pick that we moved up two spots to get in 2022. Uh, he was a healthy scratch for four straight games. Uh, and actually the Christian Benford starting over him, who was drafted five rounds later, uh, just kind of tells you everything, of, uh, you know, of how Josh, uh, how Kyer Elam has looked to the coaches so far this year. If a guy drafted five rounds behind him is starting over him and pretty much if you watch the game on Sunday morning, Calvin Ridley seemed to be matched up on Elon most of the game. And Calvin Ridley, you didn't even see Kyer Elon because Calvin Ridley was so wide open, uh, just seemed to be breaking his ankles, just getting so much separation from him. And it's just really disappointing. So I wouldn't be, I know Elon probably won't be a healthy scratch going forward. And hopefully we get Benford back. I think that was just a one one week, maybe two week thing. But uh, yeah, Kyrie Elam. We're we're starting to think we got to do one of those uh, do one of those trades that have been so popular now, where you know you trade, you swap sixths and sevenths, and just get rid of dead weight. Uh, it seems so it seems so premature to say that about Elam so far, but it's just it's just not looking good. Well, the one thing with the defense, you got to say in that game against Jacksonville, at least they did have five sacks. And obviously with the return of Von Miller, I know he didn't do that much in that game, but you know that's someone that's going to get better as the season progresses. And listen, the reason you lost that game, obviously, and one of the things I saw when I saw the box score too, no running attack at all. Josh Allen no. led the Bills in rushing. What was going on there? Just the offensive line not allowing those holes for those running backs there. Yeah, no, it was uh, that definitely seemed to be the case. And anytime Cook did have a couple runs of like ten or more yards, obviously always called back. Uh, Bills, Bills were just getting penalized on both sides of the ball, like egregiously. I never, I never blame the refs, but it just seemed like you know the ref, it seemed like the refs that day just had their hands hands on their hips, just waiting to throw that flag. I just, uh, but a lot of them were well deserved call penalties. But, uh, yeah, no, the offensive line definitely took a step back, it seemed. Uh, Allen, but, yeah, the run game, uh, I mean, I have to give credit, too, to Jacksonville's defensive line. They were strong against the run going in. They were a top-ten team against the run so far this season. Uh, but, yeah, you have to – if the Bills are who we think they are, we have to be better than – we have to be better than those – you know, elite uh, squads. Yeah, and you know what? When I was checking out some of the game on Sunday, I did see former Jets defensive tackle on the field, Fali Faldukasi, uh, the former Husky from UConn. So that was nice seeing him on the field. But if, if the Bills are going to have a get-right game after a tough loss, you know out of all the opponents that you could possibly want to face right now is the New York Giants. So for you guys to bounce back, and the games on Sunday Night Football on top of all that. Oh, absolutely. I did see that. And I was just, uh, there was a part of me that was surprised because, you know, we are so, you know, decimated on by injuries, you know, and we're coming off a loss. But then 
when you see the Giants actually play, when you watch their highlights, I'm even wondering if 14 is a little modest. Uh, I do think in a in a perfect world, the Bills should just absolutely, you know, treat the Giants like they did the Raiders, Dolphins, and Commanders, and just completely blow them out of the water. But you know, sometimes this team, you just never know. And you know, going back to the injuries, this is something I even noticed last year because the majority of our injuries always mount on defense. The offense usually doesn't have, maybe it's like a one game here or there, like Gabe Davis misses one game, an offense lineman misses a game. With all of the injuries, it almost seems like the Bills offense takes it personally, which does not make sense. You'd expect them to like step up, uh, but it's usually the, it's usually the backups for the Bills who step up and, uh, you know, are able to carry the team like defense last year, despite all of the injuries we had defense was not a, like defense was not really a problem in most games, uh, obviously missing Hyde most of the year definitely affected teams going long against us. Cause having Poyer and Hyde back there is definitely, uh, you know, definitely a danger for opposing quarterbacks to go deep, but you know, all the injuries start to mount and then the bills offense, especially in the first, uh, the first half just looked completely stagnant, could not move the ball until like, the last drive of the first half. And I'm just wondering, like, I just need to know what the mentality of the Bills is, where the offense seems to take the defensive penalty, the defensive injuries more personally than the actual defense. Well, the one thing I did hear on the broadcast, and I think it was coming out of the first half, they were saying with that Milano injury, you could tell the Bills players were devastating. Like, again, he's injured. Because he's the leader. I mean, he is a playmaker, especially against the Jets. He's always involved in big plays, and it just sucks, unfortunately, that he's out again for the season. Unless, it, obviously, you guys make the playoffs. Maybe there's a chance to come back in January. But how about this storyline, just moving forward for a second against the Giants? How about the possibility of you guys going up against maybe Tyrod Taylor? We have to see the status of Daniel Jones, whether or not he's going to play, which I believe he got injured uh, with his neck. Wow, that would be, uh, I mean, it's always easy for me to root for the Bills, but as many people know, I've always been a big Tyrod Taylor fan. He's had a very, quite a string of bad luck since leaving the Bills. You know, he got, sometimes gets that opportunity to start, and then he has some like just freakish injuries, including one where he, you know, he was getting an injection and it went into the wrong spot. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've always loved him and, uh, I mean, obviously, I want I want us to after a loss like that. I want us to just completely murder the Giants. You know, I think we're such a more dominant team than them, and I just uh, it'll just be so hard for me to watch Tyron Taylor. You know, just get completely annihilated, which I'm expecting they will. And Debo's return as well. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's uh, it seems like his uh, you know Cinderella ride is coming to an end. Uh, that's one thing. The, the Giants' defense, the Giants' offense, uh, how many touchdowns have they scored on the season? Has it been like two? Or maybe they had a bunch in the Cardinals game. But that was one thing I even noticed. They The score of the Dolphins game wasn't, it wasn't completely a blowout, but the only touchdown the Giants had was a 102-yard pick six. Yep, and that's right. And everyone kept saying on social media, I wasn't really watching the game, but I was following it, 
And they were saying the only reason why the Giants were in that game against Miami was because of the interceptions by Tua. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, they, and it was the, the Dolphins had actually driven down the field. You know, you take, you, you swap that out and then it's a complete blowout. It's like 38 to nine, which is pretty much the uh, score you would expect with uh, Dolphins Giants. And I also noticed you watch the NFL highlight, you know, NFL.com highlights, you know, they're usually like about 12 to 15 minutes. When I'm watching these highlights, it's all Dolphins on offense. Anything at the Giants off. You can't even, I couldn't even get a good feel of what the Giants offense looked like because I think it was just, there, there was just such lackluster plays, you know, nothing like, not even like, you know, bad plays. It's just like they're probably getting just like two yards every play and just, you know. Yeah, their offensive line's a mess. I mean, in that game against the Seahawks a few weeks ago, 11 times Daniel Jones got sacked. 11 times. And yes, Barkley may come back on Sunday night, but they're in deep trouble. Uh, they just look so bad, and I don't know if they're going to get any better at all. But whether it's obviously against your Bills or eventually in a few weeks against my Jets, these are games that our teams have to win, cannot mess around. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I know, speaking of uh, big games, uh, you guys have the Eagles this week, and I believe it is at home. It is at uh, MetLife? Yes, 425. And here is one of the, and I know I said this, I think uh, the last time the Jets and Eagles played, you know I'm going to say it because I think. I know you're going. I know where you're going with this. Yes. It's not even rubbing it in. It's, it's just absolutely fat. Like, it's absolutely fascinating to me. In the history of the NFL, the Jets have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles. It's just such a random pairing that you would think, because the Eagles have, uh, we all know the Jets have had their ups and downs. The Eagles certainly have had their ups and downs. They've had, like, I remember in the early 2000s, they were kind of a joke of a team uh, before they got McNabb. Yeah, I want to say the record is 0-12, I believe. But, yeah, I mean, they play, what, once every four years. So you got to try to take advantage of this when you do actually play them. Uh, but, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a weird stat. And the Eagles right now, along with San Francisco, are the only two undefeated teams. So they're 5-0. and They're looking great. Hopefully we can catch them at the right time. But one thing I will say in terms of this matchup, at least with the Jets, when they face their two toughest opponents, obviously your Bills, who they defeated back in week one, and even against the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, they played them tough, and that game was close. And you can make a case the Jets are the beat in Kansas City. So hopefully against the Eagles, this matchup will be close. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Obviously it's terrible with the ABT once again for the second consecutive year in Denver gets out, gets injured, and is out for the season. Oh, man, that was against Denver last year too, huh? Oh, the that's... same injury. Now the only difference last year when he got injured, the Jets were 5-2, and two, and in that game, they also lost Brees Hall, who was out for the season, and that was the downward spi spiral. The Jets couldn't recover, and obviously they lost the last six games, and they missed the playoffs. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely remember uh, Brees Hall getting injured against Denver last year after he was having a like baller game, and it was good to see Brees Hall had his uh, revenge. This week, I got my Curtis hey, Martin shirt on. Let's go! Hey, they're oh Curtis Martin. Oh man, that's uh, always a class act. But man, he just used to terror, like just terrorize the Bills. But uh, and yeah, Brees Hall is looking like the second coming of him. But uh, yeah, Brees Hall with that beautiful seventy-two yard touchdown run 
you're starting to think it's like now, now finally Sala and the, you know, and Hackett are real high school. Like, yeah, we have to run this guy a lot more than we are. Yep. A few days prior to the game, Sala came out of the press conference and said, no more pitch count. He's going to get the rock. Now I expected 15, 20 carries around there. He ended up getting 22 and just watching that game, you knew, especially against the worst run defense in the national football league and the Broncos, you knew he was going to break one, which he did. Offensive line protection on that play was tremendous. I don't even think Hall got touched at all. But, yeah, he's a tremendous player. Knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood right now. Hopefully he stays healthy because this guy is truly a game breaker. Anytime he touches the ball, you feel like he's going to go to the house. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. And you guys, you know, you guys just need that. Zach Wilson needs that. As we've kind of seen, he's looked a lot better the past, uh, you know, the past two weeks. And yeah, they can, you know, use Brees Hall as a, you know, somebody to set him up. That's just going to make everything all the better. And it's also just like the, just feels so bad for Jets fans. You guys, you know, we're so, so looking forward to having, you know, Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers on the team. He goes out the third play of the season. You know, regardless of what happens, the AFC is very tough. You know, you guys aren't out of it at all. Like right now, nobody is. But, you know, if it would just be great, you know, Brees Hall stays healthy. And it's like, you definitely, he's definitely a guy who's very fun. He's very fun to watch. And if at the very least, you know, you have, you always have hope when you have that. And, you know, all you want to do is have a fun season. And, you know, yeah, he's got, he's just got to get the ball for in order for that. Oh, absolutely. And I still want to compete for a playoff spot. I want this streak to end because the Jets, out of all the professional sports teams, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, the longest playoff drought. Last year it was Sacramento Kings. They made the playoffs in the NBA. Now it's the Jets. I want that streak to end. Let's go. And like you said with the AFC, if you set aside the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and the Bills, the rest of the AFC right now is very mediocre. I mean, the Bengals had a great performance with Burrow. Maybe he's starting to write the ship there. Obviously, you know my feeling with the Chargers. I've always been a big fan of them. Uh, the AFC South, all right, one team's going to make the playoffs so when I win the division. And, you know, the Steelers, Ravens right now are here and there. So the Jets definitely have a shot. Uh, we have to see how they play out. But their schedule after the bye does get a lot easier on paper. So we'll see how they handle this. But especially with ABT, man, every Jet victory so far this year, we, we love the victory. Great. We take it, of course. I don't care if it's ugly. But it comes with the sacrifice of someone big on the team getting injured. Yeah, no, that's uh, no, that's definitely a big thing. Another person, you know, with the Milano injury, there's also a lot of talk about the Bills bringing in another uh, player, wondering if Kirksey would come out of retirement. He signed with us, was on the practice squad, and it seemed like he retired. I was wondering if he retired, mainly because he knew he probably was going to be stuck stuck on the practice squad and barring an injury after, you know, for the success of Terrell Bernard so far this year. And... Uh, you know, we'll talk about Kraven Howard, who was on our preseason list. Uh, Rashawn Evans, who I think is currently teamless, uh, former Alabama star and Titans player. John Bostick, uh, a couple other names out there. However, I was rather impressed with Bill's rookie third-round pick, Dorian Williams, out of Tulane. Uh, he was de- definitely seemed overzealous. It was like it looked like he had had like four Red Bulls when he went out there. You know, made a couple tackles, but it was just he's running all over the place. Didn't seem to have too much organization, but he made some pretty big plays. 
Uh, you know, and that's kind of, you know, despite he's not, he's no Matt Milano yet. That's uh, too, you know, too much for him, too much to ask for him to, uh, you know, be up to that level. But it is just great to see, you know, a guy who definitely, definitely wants to see the field. And when he, you know, when he's out there, he's like the Energizer Bunny. Uh, I liked him coming out of college and very interested to see what he can do. Yeah, and I think in terms of the Jets, going back to them for a second with the injury to ABT, I think initially off the bat, they're going to insert Max Mitchell, the rookie from last season, who actually did play well. He stepped into the solid job before his injury. But I think right now they're going to put him at right tackle, leave Makai at left tackle, see how that works out. If it does well, I think they'll stick with it. We'll see what happens with Dwayne Brown, but I'm not expecting anything from him. I mean, these guys have been injured in the past. And in terms of the free agent options out there, we were talking about Sue potentially with your Buffalo Bills. And I think with the Jets, maybe bringing Leo Collins for a visit, see what he has. But I don't mind that, especially with Makai and his knees. You never know when he could get injured because in that game against the Broncos, he did leave several times for a few plays. you got to be concerned about that moving forward. But they want to bring in Collins. You might as well have the depth. So bring him in, see what he can do, and let's go. I do know there's one guard out there that we are both uh, very familiar with. He's probably waiting by the phone right now, Mr. Vladimir Tukaski. Oh, no, never. No, no. No, no way. He even had to, like, register that for a second. You're like, oh, God, no way. Yeah, he was pretty disastrous. But, uh, oh, yeah, no, that's a big one. I know Max Mitchell, I definitely remember him. Was he, you guys got him in the fifth round, and I thought that was kind of a steal. The uh, From the University of Louisiana, Raging Cajuns. That's right. And last year, he wasn't supposed to play off the bat. They were going to ease him in. But because of injuries, he started right away and looked pretty solid for a late-round draft pick. Then he got injured, unfortunately, and his season was gone. But now he's got to step in. And when he did on Sunday, he actually did a pretty solid job. So hopefully he can hold down the fort. But obviously you can't replace someone like ABT. The guy's a stud. You know, the Jets ask him to play guard, tackle, doesn't matter. A great citizen. And just again, man, just getting injured. Like, ah, uh, that's the same place, too. It's so weird. I know. And it's uh, it does seem like his career has been kind of embattled by injuries. But every time he is on the field, people say it's like this guy's looking like he could be one of the top 10 guards in the NFL. That's right. They describe him as a guy who can be an all-pro guard, but like a pro bowl tackle. So wherever they play him, the guy is unbelievable. And yeah, just unfortunate for him. Once again, he's injured, but we'll see what happens. And especially a big test with the Jets offensive line right off the bat when they have to face that great defensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, yeah. And uh, speaking of defensive line, I'm making quite a transition here. Uh, you know, we always talk about, you know, players we draft who, you know, may not like may not fill up to the billing. Uh, we do remember uh, in before the 2021 draft uh, to our sorry, the 2020 draft, how high I was on Bill's defensive line, defensive end, A.J. Epinesa, when we drafted him out of Iowa, had a very, very, very slow start to his career. Uh, Rather, you know, kind of just like a fill-in player. Didn't see the field that much. It's been, you know, going into this year, he's probably like the D, like defensive end number four on our team. He's been having monsters here. So, like, even looking Pro Bowl-esque. Uh, he has three sacks already on the season. 
with the Bills league leading uh, 21 on the season. And also with Ebenezza this year, as everybody noticed last game, I think this guy has maybe six or seven batted balls on the season. And I'm starting to think this needs to become quite a stat because it was, uh, you know, I've never seen a game like this. I mean, granted, the Bills still lost, but Ebenezza had at least four smackdowns in this game, which was just huge uh, on top of two sacks. And it is kind of funny. I was thinking, you know, oh, the better he plays, the best, better trade bait, you know, we could get for him. But at this point, I don't know if I want to get rid of him. He's playing, uh, he's playing at a super as far this season. So now what would you say is the over and under against sacks against the Giants for Ebenezer five? Oh yes. Just, yeah, that it's, uh, you know, you want, you want to think that with, uh, you know, when you hear the Giants gave up 11 to the Seahawks, you know, I think we were talking about this even before the podcast during the week. Uh, like we do know players on the Seahawks defense, but you know, it, if you were asked to mention three right on the spot, it might be a little difficult and they're, you know, they're getting 11 sacks against the Giants. I'm thinking that just says everything we need to know about this completely embattled Giants offensive line. They're without Andrew Thomas, who is, you know, kind of a, all of a sudden, like immediate superstar after two mediocre years. Uh, Evan Neal, people hoping he switches around from his disappointing rookie year. And now Evan Neal is almost becoming like an internet meme with how horrible he's looked. And he was. And, and the comments he, he made. And the comments he made too. Oh, I know. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, you're not doing yourself any favors. You know, it's like, it's New York. It's just what's going to happen. They boo every single draft pick ever. And, you know, it's uh, like, how are you going to just go out and say that and like just, you know, alienate so much of the fan base that's already, you know, already kind of uh, bitter towards you. And I think he did, you know, he did, you know, make like a kind of textbook apology but uh, yeah, no. The only the only way he can really up the, the only way he can really make it up to these Giants fans is better play, and he just simply is not doing it. Oh, he's been a major disappointment for someone that was drafted so high. He's been terrible, and they also are, lo- are, are without John Michael Smith, the rookie center. He's out. Oh man, I mean, I, I hate I hate hearing about injuries, but like the first thing coming to my mind is just like, oh, we better get like eight sacks. I'm being I'm being modest. We can get eight sacks, but no, I hate I hate injuries because obviously the Bills are just so injury prone and it's bad karma. But like, and it's also just like, how can things get worse for the Giants? It's uh, you know, they're looking. Hopefully, they still. I'm pretty sure they still have a draft pick. They're not still reeling from the you know, moving up to get anybody. So yeah, cause they definitely, uh, it's yeah, they're, they're definitely a far way away from that playoff team from last year. It seems like this seems more like the Giants than last year was this year's not oh, absolutely. last year was. Yeah. Last year they yeah, played and, uh, with Dave ball and everything. They won that playoff game against Minnesota, but yeah, they just looked so bad this year. Yeah. Even the defense, you know, the defense, I thought, uh, was going to be a strength for them. I do think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a superstar. Everything I've seen from him, he's just waiting to like just break loose. But no, it's just on both sides of the ball. This team is just getting rocked. And yeah, I that that's going to be one thing. If the Bills, if the Bills do happen to lose to the Giants this Sunday night, uh, 
yeah, Bills fans are really going to have to start worrying about uh, pretty much the mentality of this team. But hopefully, we won't have to we won't have to worry about that because it's uh, yeah, no, this giant this Giants team, like you said earlier, it's it, this is like the best best team we could be playing after a heartbreaking loss like that. And now, because that game is at night, you'll be home for it, or are we going to attend Murphy's Bar in Astoria? Tom is such a big Bills <laughs> fan that they named the bar after him, just for Buffalo Bills fans. Oh, absolutely, yes. They, uh, they said, who's the biggest Bills fan in New York City? And they're like, Tom Murphy's. We're naming the bar after him. And uh, yes, I was there for the Commanders game. Uh, I probably will watch at home, you know, at my age, I can't, I can't stay out drinking beer till like 1130 on a, what way they call a school night, you know, Monday, Monday morning, like, yeah, I'm gonna have to work. But uh, yeah, no, it's a great, uh, great bar. Uh, maybe the following week, I'm going to be checking out a Bill's bar in uh, Glen Rock, New Jersey called Stone and Rail. And no. I'd like I'd like to get back to Murphy's, but the, it's so funny the Bills are on TV so much this uh, this season that, and I am definitely one who really likes to uh, take advantage of because there've been years where I have to go every every week to a Bills bar to watch the game, you know. And now that the Bills are good, it's like yeah, they're on TV a lot, and you know, I just I almost like taking advantage of that. I'm such a I'm such a purist. I I'm not big on distractions, you know, like, and sometimes I get so distracted at the Bills bar and, you know, at home I can just be laser focused. Well, especially early on with the Jets and Giants locally, they played on prime time a lot so far this season. And a lot of the Jets games have been at 425. So the Bills have been on here locally. So you've been nice and comfortable at home. Oh, absolutely. And I know uh, we were hoping to meet up for the Bills Jets game. I know what uh, this year it's a this year it's a four thirty game and I believe it's if I'm not mistaken is it the Sunday before Thanksgiving? I think so. It's in November. Yeah. Oh yeah, and how how tight is that to your uh, work? Because I know uh, at CBS there you tend to work uh, very late nights. Well, now wait a minute. I am off on Sundays and Mondays now, so uh, maybe that's something that we can work out. We can talk off air. That's the reason why my wife says that I took off, especially this time, Sunday and Mondays, because of the football. <laughs> I said, no, 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 that's not the reason why. But yeah, we can definitely talk about it. Maybe we can meet up for that game like we did last year. Oh, absolutely. Now, Mark, it's been a pleasure. However, I'm getting the two-minute warning here from the producers. So, uh, before I say bye to you, I'm going to give you next week's trivia question and give you a shot at it. It's a hard one. Uh, and then, uh, yes. So, the Bills play the Giants this week. And as we all know, they were our opponent in the first ever Super Bowl the Bills played in, Super Bowl 25. Who scored the first touchdown for the Bills in that game? making it the first Bills touchdown in Super Bowl history. Got it? That's a good one, man. Oh, absolutely. And I'd be absolutely amazed if you got this one, considering you were not even born yet for the Super Bowl. No, I was not. No. All right. But, uh, hey, Mark, thank you for uh, coming on. Uh, always a pleasure, man. You're definitely one of the best friends of this show. And, yes, as I was saying, I really hope we get to meet up uh, – you know, for the Jets and Bills in mid-November. And, uh, yes, we'll be in touch all this week. I wish you guys luck. Uh, 
even though you're divisional rivals, you need to end this. You need to end this uh, drought against the Eagles. It's it's high time. I hope so, man, for sure. Thank you for having me. As always, I appreciate. You know, I'm always here. You know, you have my number, so let me know, man. And yeah, good luck to your Bills as well against the Giants, and we'll definitely talk soon, man. Absolutely, we'll have a fun time this week. And thank you, Bills Mafia, for joining us yet again. We best of luck to us all this Sunday. Have a good week, and let's go, Buffalo. Thanks again for listening to Buffalo Bills or Bust. Remember to like and subscribe, leave a comment, and let's go, Buffalo. Buffalo Bills or Bust has been a Samurai Dinosaur production, copyright 2023.